This is Full Draw Friday, episode number nine. Hey everybody, this is episode number nine of the Full Draw Friday edition of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Nate's in on this one, so it's not just me for a change. We just actually got done recording Monday's episode, so if you guys listen to that, appreciate that a lot. Uh, We'll have another one coming up this Monday. I do want to say before we get started, because I did forget on the last one we recorded... Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope everybody does have a good Christmas. Yeah. Coming up here in two days from when this podcast comes out, mm-hmm. which is wild to think about, and then it'll be 2023 just like that. Yep. So, anyway, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope you have a good one. Hope you get all the hunting stuff that you want that was on your list. Uh, yes. Whatever that may be. But we're going to talk a little bit about coal bucks today, and I did... I don't remember if we did a full episode on it last year. I, I know I've, I've done a video on it as well. But I still, and obviously we're not reaching everybody, but you see it a lot, guys, especially whether it be professional guys, TV guys, and all that, that shoot what they call call bucks Yeah, every year late in the season. Yep. Honestly, what most of that has to do with is they ain't killed a buck yet, and they needed to shoot something, and yes. this scraggly little either three-year-old or four-year-old came by, and they said, hey, that's a coal buck. We don't want those genetics. Let's kill him. Yep. Wrong place, wrong time for that little guy. Exactly. And you hear guys talk about that even with, like, two-year-old deer. And one of the big things is a spike's always a spike. You know, you've heard that before. You'll see yeah. two-year-old deer that are kind of scrappy-horned. And you think, well, he'll never amount to anything. When the reality is, until a deer is probably four, because even three-year-olds, they have the potential to still blow up even from three to four, Mm -hmm. and even four to five. But until a deer hits like four and a half, where we're at, you don't really know what that deer is going to be. I agree. Uh, And that's probably, to me, that's the biggest thing against shooting a coal buck is, like, you have no idea. Like, that deer could have been injured that year. Yeah. Uh, it could be genetics. Yep. Even if it is genetics, he might blow up and be something really unique mm-hmm. the next year. There's a lot of things that could have happened. Yeah. Maybe he had, maybe it was a really stressful rut the year before. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lot of food around. Yeah. Between, like, two and a half and three and a half. So we just didn't grow much that year. Maybe this year... It's easier on him. They got more food. He's going to blow up the next year. There's so many things that go into why a deer is the antler size it is Mm -hmm. that don't have to do with genetics. But that is also the thing guys refer to a lot when they're talking about coal bucks. From what I've seen, is we've got to get him out of the gene pool. Yep. I know you've heard that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and you have no idea what does you have that live there all the time that carry those same genes. Exactly. You know? um, so, I mean, you, you'll never get rid of it. Um, I I don't think it's a bad idea, um, but... Like in principle, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as, it, like, specifically eradicating a gene from your area, 
It's not going to happen. I because you're does, you just you got no way to yeah. know. You know, um, yeah, you can kill that buck and you can you can stop him, um, but you don't know how many how many other does you know are carrying those same genes. It's kind of mm-hmm. it's going to really pass that on. Uh, specifically, I'll go back to that buck that uh, that the neighbors found dead last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at least five that I know of. I don't know that he would have made 120 inches. I, right. I don't think he would have. Um, I wanted to kill him the year before when he was at least four. I saw him from the tree one time. Uh, he stayed out in this little thick patch in the middle of a field out there where you couldn't get to him uh, unless you had like a rocket launcher or something. Right. Like he stayed out there, and that's just what he did because there was doe stayed out there too. Yeah. Um, and uh, he he just didn't come on me in the daylight at all. Uh, but at night he was there like all the time. Yeah. You know. Uh, but he stayed out there in the middle of the field where he knew nothing could get to him, you mm-hmm. know. The year before, when I was certain he was at least three, I could have shot him in second gun season. Mm-hmm. I was sitting on the ground next to a big oak tree where I'd sat before, uh, looking over two different fields, sitting in a fence row, looking over two different fields. Um, he came up about 15 yards away from me, just walking behind this doe. He was a seven-pointer, and I thought, you got to be at least three years old, you look like you're about 110 inches, mm-hmm. and I don't like you. <laughs> um, I wanted to kill him, but then I was like, I also don't want to shoot a 110-inch seven-pointer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that's just not, I hadn't killed a buck. But I thought, I, uh, you know, if I shoot you, I'm absolutely going to say it's to call you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But you still are young enough that you could turn into something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, he didn't. Um, he stayed, he, he finally grew an eighth point, you know, but his left side was always weaker than his right side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely him, you know, um, and he, uh, uh, cause he, his left side, he only had three points on it that year when I thought he was three, the next year he did have eight points, but that left side was weak. And then even last year when he was what I thought five, um, and just a humongous fat deer, yeah. um, we know that he would weighed up her two hundreds yeah. on the hoof. He he'd push three hundred. I really easy. think he would have yeah. pushed three hundred on the hoof. He would have got um, close. I mean, he's just a humongous bodied deer. Yeah, he's long too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I don't know that he made one hundred twenty inches. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighbors found him dead in the creek. I don't know what happened to him. I don't care. It was good, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. Um, because he was. Uh, I did not want to waste a tag on him, but if if Fatty would have came by. It was absolutely going to be a hunt for Fatty, right? You know, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was he, he was a cold buck if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. um, right. But uh, and then this year I had pictures of a deer that's very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, um, younger. I think he was a four year old, uh, but you know that gene's still out there, right? For sure, right? And you're gonna have some of that. But they were like, you know, like three things right there. And I'll go in kind of backwards order. Um, you're talking about him being like five years old mm-hmm. for sure. I gave him a chance. Right. Most deer at five are going to be what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. There are, like if you'll, uh, Bill Winky for an example, I was listening to him on a podcast, and he was talking about some deer that he had that didn't grow until six, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Obviously, deer aren't living that long like where we're hunting. Nah. So... <laughs> It's not to say that it couldn't happen. If you're in a somewhere where you can let them get that old, yeah. where they do get that old, yeah. if it's a buck you don't want to shoot anyway, maybe he does blow up into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Another one was you said if you'd have shot him, you would have said it was because he was a cold buck. Yeah. I think that's another big thing is guys just want to shoot a buck. Mm-hmm. So they shoot one, and then, like, for the stupid reason of everybody's going to give them crap on Facebook about mm-hmm. it, they're not happy with the deer they shot or whatever, mm-hmm. so they feel like they got to make some excuse about it. Yeah. Oh, well, he's a cold buck. He wouldn't have been anything anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that plays into it a lot. Oh, yeah. Which I hate because if you if you were excited enough about that deer to shoot him, mm-hmm. be excited about shooting him. Yep. Don't make up some bullcrap yeah. excuse yeah. about him being a cold buck because you're embarrassed of the size of the deer. Yeah. And then the – Really big one, which was like the first point you made, was the doe thing. Mm-hmm. Because we can look out across the field of 50 deer, and if it's a mix of bucks and does, we can look at the bucks and say, okay, he's got some poor genetics somewhere if it's a mature deer, mm-hmm. right? Even a four-year-old deer, maybe even a three-year-old. Say, okay, he's probably got some inferior antler genetics, right? Or he was nutritionally deprived, whatever. Like something happened where he's not reaching his full potential. Yeah. Now look at all the does out there and tell me which one of those has bad genetics. Correct. Antler genetics. And here's the other thing. Even that buck that you point out that says, like, fatty. Okay, he had poor antler genetics. Mm-hmm. He still got genes from two different deer. Correct. That's not to say he didn't get good antler genetics from one of his. Yep. And the other ones were just uh, more dominant, I guess, mm-hmm. would be how you would put that. Mm-hmm. So he could still pass on good genetics to the offspring. Potentially. Because they're yep. still in, built in his DNA, mm-hmm. right? Because if his mother gave him good genetics and his, the father or whatever gave him bad genetics, mm-hmm. he still got those in there somewhere. Yep. You know what I mean? They're just... And there has been some studies to show that on a very small scale, you can affect it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because if you are shooting that buck that has the poor genetics, mm-hmm. obviously they're not... He's not passing them along anymore. Correct. But it is not nearly substantial enough to justify culling deer as a real management practice to grow on bigger deer. Yeah. And on top of, like, the does also providing genetics that you can't see, the other thing I keep talking about is the nutrition. Mm-hmm. That comes from the does. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, their lactation stage, how much good nutrition they're getting during mm-hmm. that goes directly to the their buck fawn that they've got. Yeah. If he's deprived at that stage, yep. he's got to make up for lack of body growth, not lack of antler growth, mm-hmm. because all the extra antler growth is from excess nutrition, mm-hmm. right? So if he's not having if he doesn't have enough nutrition to grow physically, he's definitely not going to have enough to grow his antlers the way to full potential. Yes. So he could still have great genetics. He could have 200-inch genetics. If they don't have the food available mm-hmm. when they need it, it's not going to matter. He's never going to make it because he has no excess. Yeah. He might end up being 135-inch, 140-inch deer with great genetics. Mm-hmm. He just never made it because he didn't have the right, the proper nutrition either as a fawn or throughout his entire life. Mm-hmm. And it could be a stress thing, too. We talked about that on Monday's episode. I think we did. Maybe we talked about it before. I don't remember. At some point today, we talked about... Uh, the amount of does you have affecting the stress level of buck during the rut. Yeah. If he is so stressed out during the rut because he's trying to breed every doe that's out there, he's going to be making up for a lot of lost body weight mm-hmm. that winter when he's feeding. Yeah. As opposed to putting on extra, that carries over into the next year and the next spring for his next set of antlers. Mm-hmm. Instead of catching up on his body weight, now he's 
already at a good weight, he's putting that excess into his antlers. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into it that way too. Yep. And that's why, like, the, some of those same studies will tell you that, like, the findings on them have been that the doe actually has more to do with the buck's potential mm-hmm. for antler growth than the father of that deer and his antler genetics. Um, because, the, again, they're getting it from both of them. Yep. And then on top of the genetics, the buck has nothing to do with how much nutrition that deer is getting. The doe has everything to do with it. Yeah. And you do as a habitat manager as well. Yep. We need to make sure that we're giving them everything that we can uh, to ensure that they are as healthy as possible when they're carrying the, mm-hmm. the fawns, when they're feeding, when they're nursing the fawns. Yeah. Um, all we, Everything that we can do along the line there will benefit and increase all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whether that's... You know, minerals and feeds mixed in with your food plots where that's mm-hmm. legal. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just putting out food plots, if it's going in to do some timber stand improvement so they have more natural browse, there's a lot of things that you can do to give them that, mm-hmm. that head start. Yeah. As opposed to just killing a buck because he didn't have superior antlers on his head. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, I, uh, uh, fatty to me was there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I had, I'd watched him for three seasons there, um, and knew and he, he wasn't getting any bigger. That was what he was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's where he was at. Um, and all these other deer that he was pushing around had, you know, 20, 30, 40 inches on him. Yeah. Know? Right. Um, and he's still the one that comes into the food plot every night about an hour after dark. And he runs every other deer off, and he stands there and he eats for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like, uh, right. I ain't, I ain't excited about fatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- you just see that too, because like you said, that one you got this year definitely has the same genetics. Yep, he did. And in certain areas, at the cabin for a long time, and it's not this way now. One of the deer there now is somewhat similar, but used to, all the bucks there had big swooping main beams, and they come curl around in the front really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, whether it's 8 point, 6 point, 10 point, whatever it was, very similar genetics in that yeah. area. It's changed over time now for whatever reason. So there is that, obviously, that goes into it. But to think that you can really change that by killing one or two bucks a year, it's just not not feasible in practice. You said it makes sense in principle. Mm-hmm. Well, in practice, it just it's not practical. Yeah. So when you're out there hunting this winter in this late season – and you're looking at that scrappy horn little two and a half year old, you think, Yeah, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> He's a cold buck. Yeah. That's what I'll tell everybody. Yeah. I I don't have to be embarrassed about this thing. He's a cold buck. Yep. I just go ahead and line him up, <laughs> put a little meat in the freezer. Yeah. No one be any the wiser. Yep. Maybe let him walk. Shoot a yep. doe. Shoot him. If you have that option. Yeah. And this again is we're talking about uh hunting and managing with the purpose of growing big deer. Because mm-hmm. if you're just hunting for, if you're happy with that deer and you want to kill him, sure. Mm-hmm. But don't do it because he's a coal buck. Yep. You know. I'd actually, was that last, I think last week's episode, I talked a little bit about that. Uh, people giving everybody crap on Facebook for the way they're hunting and all that. Yep. And that's probably where, that's definitely where some of that stuff comes from when a guy's got to call it a, He's taking those genes out of the gene pool, taking that buck out of the gene pool mm-hmm. or whatever, because that's, that's his excuse for shooting that young deer or the little deer. Yep. You know, we had... There's people that hunt here, some of the places I hunt, that 
kind of they'll tell you that they're not going to kill anything younger than whatever or smaller than whatever and all that, but then they do, and it's like, ah, oh, he wasn't going to be anything anyway. Yep. Well, definitely not now. <laughs> he's, he's as big as he's going to be. Yeah, that's right. He's in the freezer, so he's not growing anymore. Yep. But, and then, you know, that that's kind of part of the, if I don't kill him, my neighbors will attitude also, mm-hmm. I think, which is not necessarily Colin Bucks, but, like, if you've got that three-year-old that looks pretty nice, and well, if I don't shoot him, the neighbors are going to shoot him. That's another one. If you do it, you're that neighbor, right? Yeah. Like, if you put him in the freezer, he's never getting any bigger. Yeah. And that is that is the same principle with the cold bucks. If you kill him at two and a half because he looks ratty, he's he's definitely not ever going to make it any bigger. Yep. And the spike thing's another one, too, where, and I think we're probably getting past that for the most part, but you still see it on Facebook a lot. Aye. Like, guys, spikes are always a spike. spike he's never going to turn anything. He's just a spike. Yep. I specifically remember... One example that was in a, I think it was on an online publication of a magazine. I don't remember which one it was, but they had followed this deer that was in, it was in captivity, but it was one of those like thousands of acres kind of things. So they knew where he was at, but he started out as a spike and ended up being like his five and six year old season, like 180 plus inch deer. Yeah. And then he went downhill after that and it died at like 11 or something Mm -hmm. crazy. But yeah, he was born a spike in his first couple of years. He didn't look like anything, and then mm-hmm. he's a Boone and Crockett, ten or twelve point. Yeah, you know, he was just a massive deer. Yep. And that, yeah, there's just so much. I do think if you have a deer that's like two and a half, and he's got eight or ten points, maybe that's like he's got some really good potential. For you know sure. What I mean? Probably yeah. over the one that has is just a four corn at mm-hmm. two years old or year and a half. Mm-hmm. But. Again, it, that could flip, too. Yeah. That eight point, that could be all he's ever going to be, too. He might just end up being a 135-inch eight point that weighs 350 pounds. Yep. <laughs> and that a fork corn may turn into a 170-inch deer. Yeah. But. Yep. I uh, I do know a guy that's still all about killing spikes. He's like, man. Yeah. Uh, he, he's like, how many, uh, I said, how many, you know, just monster old spikes you see? He's like, everybody's kills them before they get there. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is funny, though, because I've known of a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But that kind of proves your point. I've known of a couple big spikes in the 20 years. Well, yep. not quite 20. 15 years I've been hunting. Yep. So. There's a guy on TikTok that's chasing this buck that he calls Spikezilla. Have you yeah. seen that? Uh-uh. Um, I mean, it, it's an incredible buck. He's, yeah. He's got these monster spikes. He does have brow tines, but, like, he's huge. Yeah. Like, if there was ever a cold buck, that'd be one, too. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, those things, he looks like he's got 20-inch spikes, mm-hmm. you know, and they come, I mean, he, he's wild looking. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude's trying to kill that thing pretty hard. Yeah. I do remember, and maybe this is where it stems from, like, when I was growing up, you watch the Outdoor Channel and all these guys down in Texas or whatever. They'd go on these management hunts. They'd shoot these management bucks, mm-hmm. which was just another way of saying a coal buck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where a lot of it stems from nowadays. This guy's watched all that on TV for so many years. They really don't see as much of it now, but it does still take place, these whatever they call management bucks that they're shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just That's one of those things where sometimes you got to do a little bit of uh, research on your own, or hopefully maybe just listen to this podcast because <laughs> we're trying not to lead you astray. But anyway, 
that uh, we want to keep it pretty short on Fridays. Hopefully, I'd like to get you guys in a little more often on these Friday ones because, again, that's where we're talking more about the strategy stuff now. And I like keeping the Monday ones kind of the regular, more laid back, just shooting the breeze about hunting episodes. So the more I can get you guys on here, I think it'd be good too. So that'll do it for episode number nine of the Full Draw Friday uh, edition. So if you guys want to support what we're doing here, you can go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com and you can use discount code FULLDRAW, all caps, and that'll get you 10% off anything you find on the website. Also, don't forget about the Apple giveaway we're doing. Go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and you'll be entered to win a Wild Game Innovation Spark 2.0 trail camera package. Uh, We're going to draw for that once we hit 25 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So follow us on Spotify. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We really appreciate all that. Appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Uh, apologize for not getting one of these out last Friday. Uh, it's been just a busy time of year, obviously for everybody. So, you know, try to get back on the back on the wagon here, getting them out every week. Uh, we'll have number ten for you next Friday. We'll catch you then. Thanks for tuning in again this week. <laughs>